welcome back, everybody. I'm Jill. And I'm Melissa. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. All right, so we already jibber-jabbered for, like, solidly 10 minutes. <laughs> so I might move some of that to here. Editing Melissa, this is your oh cue my God. to slice and dice. Can I jump in real quick? Hmm. I love editing Melissa. Of course. I think it's funny. You should add a little, like, ding on either side so people know that you're coming in. I love it. I love it. I, I can do that. <laughs> ding! Editing Melissa yes. here. Oh, also... <laughs> Disclaimer, I heard Edit Melissa say that all the names are based on Gaelic names, which... Correct. Scottish, Scottish Gaelic. Gaelic. Excuse me. Which is cool. Very cool. However, I have been basing my pronunciation guide off of the Audible. So, there is okay. now an excellent chance that that is not how you pronounce anything that I have written. Uh, I think that we... I will openly admit I am an American. I can barely speak English sometimes. Uh, my ability to pronounce things that I have never heard aloud is non-existent because I have dyslexia. Um, so I've never heard it said before. I have no fucking clue. Uh, so we're just going to give each other grace. And I hope whomever may be listening to this will also just give us grace that we are bad at, at pronouncing some of these words. Yes. Also. It's not with not malintent. Scottish. Is my absolute favorite accent. Mark, don't kill me. Then why did you marry a Brit? <laughs> Everybody assumes that it's an English accent, which don't get me wrong, I really enjoy. I mean, I married a guy from it's England. Not bad. But um, I just, <clears throat> I love the, the Scottish, I, I don't know. I just, I love it. I, I'm going to have to find it again, but there is a guy on TikTok right now reading chapter 55 from Akamath and he is hardcore Scottish. Oh. Like he, yeah. Oh. I'm going to have to send them to you. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Episode three. All right, should we, should we get into this? Reading <laughs> Scottish man on TikTok reading... <laughs> Uh, the sexy time chapters <gasps> in the Agatar books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's actually get back to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, should we get into this final chunk of Fourth Wing, which, P.S., I read in a day? I think I did as well. Yeah, it was, it was insane. so good. All right, so we pick up. We pick up in chapter 27 uh, and it's the next day after Zayden shows up in the village uh, and is at the outpost with the rest of the squad because Taryn and Sigail just cannot be separated from each other. And we're in kind of like a meeting room and they're getting sort of Violet and some of the team already went on patrol. The rest of the the crew is going to go out on patrol here in a little bit. And Mira is sort of pretending to give them like a little battle brief. So she comes up with this scenario where there is a keep that has been taken by some of the enemy. And 
there's a lot of icy vibes going on between Mira and Zayden. I understand. She thinks that this is the son of the man who killed her brother. So she, you know, this is the man, this is the kid who, who is the son of the guy who killed her brother. Obviously she's not going to be super trustworthy of him. Uh, But Zayden and Violet seem to be finally warming up to each other. They're finally like working through some of their miscommunication BS, which I appreciate. Um, So then we learn that Zayden and Emery have both been on patrol duty before. Um, So this is something that Dane is like, what? No, this, that can't possibly be true because he's a second year. He totally knows everything, right? Oh, absolutely. King of the douche canoe, shut the fuck up, Dave. Go sit in the corner. This was just a massive dick measuring contest, and he lost. It. He he does not have the biggest wingspan. Goodbye. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. He's such a whiny bitch. He's uh, such a whiny bitch. Yeah. Okay, but how about the sarcastic thumbs up that Zayden gives him? <laughs> that was funny. That's like when you're uh, when you're angry at somebody in a text and you just throw them the thumbs up emoji. It's like a giant fuck you. No, no. If I'm annoyed with somebody and they're just straight up not even reading what I'm sending to them, it's fried shrimp emoji time. Just the most random fried crap. shrimp emoji. Yes. This is how you know that you've never pissed me off because you have never received one single fried shrimp emoji for me. I was just about to say that. I don't think I've ever heard this and I've never been on the receiving end. I think it's a me thing and uh, I just do it to the people. I don't only do it to people who are like really annoying me. I am a paragraph texter or an ignorer. There is no in between. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, So, Dane is just shocked, apparently, that things could just not be as they were told they were initially. Like, oh, you guys are going on actual scouting and patrol missions? What? I might have to do that next year? What? I can't just, like, continue to play war games and, like, be in my safe little cushy corner? What? I'm training for actual war that we've been at for like 600 plus years. What the fuck did he expect? (laughs) The way you said that. Oh, my God. I don't I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Do you think that it's he didn't expect that or he it was to me, it was more that he was surprised that Zayden was trusted enough to do those things. No, I think it was, he's like, well, that's not what's in the codex. That's not what they've told us. Like, that's not the rules that have been set. So I'm like, I'm surprised that people's, the rules are different after a certain point. Because the dude cannot be anything but like the hardcorest lawful good in existence. And even, (laughs) I hate him so much. He's a weasel. Yeah. So uh, we learn a little bit of good history here, too, where we learned that the tires writers who were loyal to the king during the rebellion were actually promoted. But those who switched sides were part of the execution crew. Um, and no one currently in active service has flown with a rebellion kid, uh, which isn't surprising because Zayden is the oldest. So that kind of makes sense why Mira has some apprehension around him. There's not a lot of trust there. I, I get it. It makes sense. 
Um, so then we get a nice little moment and it's uh, Zayden saying, you haven't seen me start to be a dick inside of Violet's head. And my notes here are literally the fuck question mark inside her head question mark. Apparently they are connected in a lot of ways. Why did this surprise you? This didn't surprise me. It's not that it surprised me. I was kind of expecting this to happen, but I was just like, that's the first line. Oh. And he thinks, oh, of course he figures okay. it out first. But like, of, of, of all of the things, the first time to say something inside someone else's mind, it's not like, hey, or guess what? It's I feel like, like that's, you haven't seen me start to be a dick. I feel like that's very on brand for Zayden, though. A little yeah. bit, yes, you're true. He is talking about Dane here. So um, so Mira wants them to kind of elect a leader. Dane's like, oh, I want to be the leader. I'm the squad leader. And Dayton's just like, yeah, that's fine. Because Of course he does. Go suck your big toe, Dane. No He's one like, likes you. Uh, me, so dude. they're trying to... Co- oh, he is like epitome of pick, pick me, me, dude. dude. So... They're trying to come up with a plan and trying to use everyone's signet abilities. And this kind of a little bit calls out that Violet still doesn't have hers and doesn't know what hers is. So they're like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with her other than she has Taryn and Taryn's a badass. Um, So uh, there's a little quote here. It says, what had Sigal said about signets? It reflects who you are at the core of your being. It makes sense. Mira is protective. Dane has to know everything. And Zayden has secrets. Zayden has a lot of secrets, for sure. Mira's ability to do, like, the projected ward around herself and her squad is definitely a thing. Dane obviously has to know everything because after he stopped saying run away to the scribe quadrant, it was, why aren't you telling me literally everything about everything? Controlling much? I, I have no use for Dane. Um, so after this theoretical exercise, Mira pulls Dane, Violet and, and Zayden aside. And she thank the Lord rips Dane a new one for both being a shit leader and a shit friend right now. She's like, you need to let this shit go. You need to move on. You need to focus on what you need to focus on, which is being a good leader to this squad. She Cause he's she not. She the riot act and he deserved it, but she did it to all of them. They all kind of did. They were all being a little immature. Granted, Mira's like a full-grown adult, but still. Yeah, Mira's 25, 26 at this point. So, yeah. Uh, And then she also uh, goes into Zayden and Violet. uh, And as she's starting to yell at them about them having to have some kind of connection to each other. They don't have a choice. And like, can she really trust him? How much does she actually know about Zayden? All of this conversation gets interrupted by Taryn and the other dragons warning them that a, a squad of griffins is coming. Uh-oh, spaghettios. So the squad runs away, but Violet wants to stay because despite everything, Violet should be scared shitless and be like, I'm weak and tiny and I need, I should run away. No, she's like, no, I want to stay and fight and help my sister. And so they they have to climb into the top of this tower to get to their dragons. And it's just Violet and Zayden left on this tower. And she's begging him, literally begging him to stay to help Mira. And so his solution is to kiss her 
very passionately and tell her to leave for me, Violet, a.k.a. Stay alive because I love you. And then he yeets her up onto Taryn and they all fly away. Just massive eye roll on my side. I just, uh, just say it. I, so annoying. It's so annoying. Like if you're going to make a statement like that, would you, he's obviously trying to convey that sentiment to her. Just mm-hmm. say it. But then where's the tension in the book? And if we don't, and I will give credit where credit is due. I do appreciate that like Rebecca Yaros does not seem very interested in the miscommunication trope. So like she does, does in fact resolve some of this conflict fairly quickly. Yeah, she does. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not, we're just mad. not skipping ahead. Uh, so then no. Uh, so Violet uh, thinks he only kissed her to distract her long enough for Taryn and Segale to get there. Um, she says she'll never forgive him at this point. And I'm like, yes, she will. You're going to forgive him in like 10 seconds. It's going to be fine. And his response is he's OK with that because all he gives a shit about is her being alive because he loves her. Yes. But I'm really annoyed with the fact that Violet just cannot believe that about him. Like she just continuously undermines herself. Yeah. It's, I think it's a partially, I think every woman has, has done that. Like when you're in, especially when they have as many things to try to tear them apart as they do. I think that, I understand why she doesn't fully trust what like what he's saying at the surface level. And there's her intuition's not 100 percent wrong here. Um, But at the same time, like if somebody shows you who you are, you should who they are, you should believe them. But I feel like he has done. He yeah. has. She's just being dumb. She should believe him for what he's telling okay. her. And she's not. Gotcha. I, sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. So it's chapter 28 picks up. It's a couple of days later. Violet is literally worried sick about Mira. She really wants to know. There's this rule for the first years in the writer's quadrant where they can't communicate with their family. So she can't get any correspondence. She sort of has to just hang around and hope that somebody tells her what's going on. So she is hanging out in this tower where I'm assuming is like where correspondence comes in through. I don't know. It doesn't get explained. She's just in this tower. And then Zayden shows up with some coffee and some confessions. Coffee and confessions. <laughs> also, I was picturing Tell me I'm I was wrong. picturing the Owlery from Harry Potter. Same! <laughs> that is exactly what yeah. I thought in my brain yep. too. So we do get confirmation that Zayden is 23 at this point. So woohoo, go us. We did good math. Um, So Zayden confesses that he hasn't been planning to ruin her for a really long time, but a little bit at the beginning, it might've been true. Um, He confesses that he kissed her and, uh, and he he can't stop thinking about kissing her more, which. (laughs) (laughs) You've got like, oh my goodness. It's. You're so close to blushing. (laughs) Um, And then Violet figures out how to mind speak back to him. So now they have this like private line of communication, which is super fun. And then fucking Dane shows up. Luckily, he 
barely speaks. And that is the way I want Dane to exist in this world is with his mouth duct tape shit closed and his hands pinned behind his back. Um, so I don't remember which professor it is. One of the professor comes in and there Violet essentially begs him, like, please just tell me if she's alive or dead. Did we lose any writers? And he's like, no, we didn't lose any writers. We didn't lose any dragons. And so Dane kind of, you know, as her friend hugs her and comforts her. But then Zayden just like sneaks out through the shadows because he's Zayden and he has to be dramatic. Why did he sneak away? I thought that was silly. I think I think it's just that he's uncomfortable with the history between Violet and Dane. I, I think it's very clear that there's nothing romantic between Violet and Dane, but I think he's just uncomfortable with it. Um, so because Mira had made this statement accurately that Violet really doesn't know all that much about Zayden. She takes it upon herself that during sparring lessons and like randomly, she's just going to randomly ask him a question every day. And he's like, oh, do you have any siblings? He's like, no. And he's like, why are you asking? And she's like, no reason. And then asks him a different question the next day. Two things. (laughs) Both of like this situation. One reminded me of like the Little Mermaid, right? Granted, she's 16. But like she didn't even speak to the man and she's ready to run off and go live on land for the rest of her life. And your dad's like, no, same thing with Frozen. She's like, no, you're not doing that. No. So there's that. The other thing it reminds me of is when you're first dating somebody. I don't know if you played that game, but I played that game. The, the question, question game. game. Of the question mm-hmm. game, yeah, where you ask this person like all of these random arbitrary questions, like if the world was ending, who'd be the last person you wanted to see? And what's your favorite color? And you know, what's your favorite food? And what's your favorite, like all of, all of that nonsense. Exactly. exactly. So it was yeah. cute. It reminded me of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the first stages of dating. Yeah. I I wasn't told. I, I wasn't totally mad about it. So she is off with Zayden and Segale and Taryn, and they're flying. And she asks him about the scars on his back and Zayden does not really respond. And then he just takes off with Segale and Taryn is actually the one who's like, he cares for you. But she I this I'm going to read my note because you're going to appreciate this. But she's thicker than Texas toast and doesn't really hear that him. That made me laugh out loud when I read that on the outline. <laughs> Oh, my God. Thicker than Texas toast. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that one before. Well, I made it up, so That's I don't know. I like it. Um, so then, of course, because war college, we had squad battle. Now we have war games. I feel like the timeline of like what happens in the school is just arbitrary nonsense. It's the school at Basquith is the same as going to school at Hogwarts, where like you go to class when you feel like it. Like, deeper into the books, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. They go to school, it's it's not part it's of the not, plot. It's really not. They have a lot of time outside of the classroom, it seems. I mean. They do. They sure do. Um, so, and it's, War Games is essentially, at least this round, is a capture the flag, but with dragons. That sounds like fun. Hooray. I mean, I'm not Somebody's going to get torched. So, we... Maybe. Um, but uh, so th- we learned that there's like essentially two objectives. They have to both 
keep their flag, but then capture this crystal egg from first wing. So they're on the offensive and on the defensive. Um, uh, and then we come up to the flight field and this is one of my favorite things in the entire book. I'm not even going to lie to you. And we see that Taryn has a saddle for Violet. And I'm going to read this quote that T- Taryn says to her because I think it's really important. He says, I decided I decide what's allowed and what's not. There is no rule. This is a dragon cannot modify their seat to serve their rider. You have worked just as hard if not harder than every writer in this quadrant, just because your body is built differently than the others doesn't mean you don't deserve to keep your seat. It takes more than a few strips of leather and a pommel to define a writer. I thought that was such a good line. I love that. Uh, can Taryn be my favorite character? The grumpy old man? Of course. Yeah. I freaking love him so much. And then we find out that Zayden worked to make this saddle for her. And I'm just like, yeah, he's in love did with her. Did he make it or did he he's have so it made with her. for her? He had it made, but he worked with Taryn to like oh, R&D to design it. it. Okay, I see. It. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like, mm-hmm. I didn't and think then, he made it, but... So, so then he also um, has like a thing on the chest of it that... Adarna can snap into. So essentially, Taryn is flying around with a saddle and a baby car- carrier. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. That's good. I like that imagery. That's great. Yes. Because uh, Adarna is baby, so it's fine. Um, and then we get this great line from Zayden where she gives him this look and he goes, fuck, that stubborn, feisty look always makes me want to kiss you. He's just being so f- open and forward about how he feels about her at this point. Like, why is she not picking up what he's dropping? I don't like that line. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. How many times as women, when we were in the dating field, did we wish men would just say, say the words, say what they feel? And they wouldn't. They just dumb and sit there and stare at you. And he, here's Satan just being all upfront and honest about how he feels. Um, fair point. My issue with it is that I don't know if you experienced this, but for as long as I can remember, the the men I dated always thought it was funny when I would get angry or upset or annoyed. Cause like up until a certain point I was real petite and I, like I was tall, but skinny and I've kind of hit a more normal body frame now, but I was very skinny and just had a really high metabolism. I wasn't, it wasn't intentional or anything, but it was always, it was always portrayed as funny and it always pissed me off. And I like, I cannot tell you how many times I have been said that line in different words. And it, it makes me angry because they're not taking you seriously. They're not listening to what you're saying. So that I validate your personal experience. I know that's not, you also have dated, you have dated a very high percentage of gigantic (laughs) assholes. I mean, you are not wrong. (laughs) 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna take your personal experience to this particular line and get hand it a little piece of salt. That's fair. Uh, and you can be salty no, that's about absolutely it. Absolutely fair. This is 100 percent like a personal experience <laughs> thing. I'm not sure if anybody else has experienced that, but like it is a nerve oh, for me that someone like if somebody said that to me, that like I'm gonna be so pissed off. Yeah, this is not my experience in dating, but I uh, didn't. We are not attracted to the same type of no. man, so uh, it, it and it's totally fine. So I did not have that experience uh, in dating. So uh, so then after this wonderful line, everybody gets on their uh, on their horses, horses. on their dragons. <laughs> Those are some scaly big their horses. Dr- <laughs> on their dragons and uh they're you know violet they're all flying out there for a while and violet spots where she thinks the first wing is holding the egg so she and taryn and a couple of others kind of carve out of the formation to go get it and they're they're doing a pretty good job with some you know fancy flying she's way better at keeping her seat now because she can literally strap herself in with this with this saddle but of course, uh, Barlow is there. So using their mind speak, uh, she tells Zayden that they found the egg. But then Barlow starts to go after Liam and Barlow actually jumps from the back of his dragon and stabs Liam through the side and he falls off of his dragon day. And Violet and Taryn go to die for him, but they're not going to make it. So Ardana lets Violet use a little bit of the time stop power and they're able to catch him and then drop him to Rhiannon, saving his life. Um, so Violet at this point is fucking done with oh, Barlow. Yeah. Like, so am I. Like, fuck you, Barlow. Stop trying to kill random people. She's absolutely rage at this point. Yeah, and fair. So she goes back and she has this plan to jump from Taryn with her dagger. And he's like, do not unseat yourself. <laughs> like, don't you fucking do this shit. Uh, but instead, she's been feeling this crackling power. Mm. Cr- crackling power all day and she's like you know what I'm just if this kills me it kills me but I'm gonna fucking take him down with me and um, she lets it go and she doesn't hit Barlow directly she hits like the mountainside and he is caught in the avalanche and he falls to his death well um, deserved well deserved death for Absolutely. Barlow Num- number one mm-hmm. N- number two can I get a big round of applause for Sniffing out her fucking signature power back snaps for Melissa. <laughs> snaps for Melissa. No, yeah, you called it. I yeah, fucking, it was good. I fucking called it so good. But yes, uh, freaking amazing. And so uh, I do love that. Like at the end of that scene, Taryn literally like bellows like lightning wielder. Like he's so proud of great. her. Ooh, before we move on. So earlier they were talking about what their secret powers say about them. So what does lightning say about her? I think lightning is both power and destruction. You know, you think electricity is how we all exist in this world. But like if you get struck by lightning, you're probably going to die. So it's very, very destructive. It can cause all kinds of problems, but it's also a huge source of power. And I think 
that is the potential Violet has is to be incredibly powerful, but also incredibly destructive. That sounds good to me. I don't have a clue. I genuinely <laughs> wanted to just hear your opinion. I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not. It's not obvious to me. So I'm wondering if it's like mm-hmm. as we learn more about her. And the power, like the way she can do it. Because we'll learn. Yeah. The way she yeah, can wield because it. We'll learn something about it later that, you know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they all land and fourth wing has won, obviously, because they were able to get the, the crystal egg. And this is Violet's killing Barlow was Violet's first death blow. And uh, she gets off of Taryn and she's not OK. She starts vomiting a lot. And I'm like, I'm so sick of reading about people vomiting. Thank you, SJM. I feel like, though, that is a very common response that I hear from Solid like. Response movies and books and you know firsthand accounts it's like mm-hmm. when that happens yeah 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 um so yeah she's she's clearly upset about this i think the kill was completely justified he was a sociopath he was gonna just continue to be a tyrant for the rest of his life he was the liability and just be he was he was a hundred percent he was absolutely out of control and did whatever he wanted he was the liability one hundred percent. So everybody's super stoked that she has lightning powers, and then Dane shows up, and he sees how obsessed she is, and he's trying to convince her to not use her powers. I was like, "Excuse me, sir, that's not how this works. There's a time. There's a timer going off. Like she will die. What do you like? What do you want from I, her? I don't. I don't understand why inaction is the only thing that Dane feels that she is capable of doing. Like, I just want to... Because he also has secrets. Oh, he totally has mm-hmm. secrets. Um, but then Dane interrupts him... Or, Zayden, excuse me, interrupts Dane and just tells him to go fuck himself and is actually there for her in a way that she needed somebody mm-hmm. to be. Where he... Tells Dane off for trying to coddle her because that's not at all what she needs. He Zayden is comforting her and reminding her how much of a liability Barlow really was and like how it is actually better for him to be gone at this point. <clears throat> and she's really freaking out, too, because she's question- she's having the same question that you did of like, what does this say about me that I have this incredible destructive power? I'm a weapon. Uh versus like my brother was a mender my sister has the like shields essentially that she can do and he reassures her that yeah her power is a weapon but that weapon can be used to save the lives of the people that she cares about because she can defend them in a way that no one else can i think she definitely needed to hear that for sure yeah Mm -hmm. and then zayden you know Dean tries to call Zayden for just being used to killing people and Zayden is not having it. He snaps back and he's just like, he knows better than most that you never get used to killing. Mind you, this is a person who watched his own father be executed along with a bunch of other people he probably Mm -hmm. knew. So like he knows that you never get used to this and it's about understanding that killing is part of war. Yeah. I get it. Ugh. 
So uh, Rhiannon comes up and asks Violet slash Tarn uh, how they were able to get to Liam so fast. But Violet can't be right. honest about what's going on with Adarna. So she kind of skirts it. Uh, so when she gets back to her room, she's like cleaned up and stuff. And she's just kind of brooding and throwing her daggers. And she's finally making throws with that are more than the shoulders. She's throwing at the neck. She's throwing at the head. She's throwing at the sternum. She's making killing throws because she feels like that is all she's capable of doing now. She's like, well, I open the floodgates. I'm just going to murder fuck everyone. It's like, no, hon. No, no. So Zayden comes in. And he's just flirting with her because I don't know why this is a moment to flirt, but apparently it is. I think he was just trying to lighten the mood, but I think yeah. she, I felt like she was coming on to him. Because at the mm-hmm. end, it was very much like this is how I need to express my grief type thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I need the distraction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Violet is in her feels, but Zane is actually like listening. Like, Zayden's listening to her, and he's reassuring her that she still has agency, that she's not, uh, that there's nothing wrong with her, and that she can feel however she wants to feel inside of this room, and it's okay if she takes it out on him. Like, he's willing to be her punching mm-hmm. bag um, if that's what she needs to do, and sh- her choice is to kiss him. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure where... Uh-huh. It's It doesn't make sense to me. Like... I'm in such grief and pain. I mean, I guess it's like the distraction thing, like you said, but it just like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a choice I would make. I mean, I kind of understand, not that I have ever personally killed a person (laughs) from the back of my dragon with my lightning powers. Um, But I, uh, I can, I can understand this concept of like, she's questioning so many things about, every aspect of her life right now but the one thing she's not questioning is that she's really attracted to this man and she really wants to make out with him so why is she continuing to deny herself this one thing she knows for certain that's a fair point that's that's a fair point so she doesn't deny herself anything and he doesn't deny her anything either because they make out and tear off all of their clothes and just have a very satisfying, spicy scene. I, first of all, finally, it took them fucking forever to get there. But also, she made it clear that it was just sex. And side note, mm-hmm. I prefer SJM sex scenes. I liked those better, the way they were written. This one was good. I just liked hers better. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've read a lot of spicy books it's not bad like it's not the worst by any means um it it was fine i mean the like the bit where he's like pegging her up and like you know shoving her against the wall and then the bed and a different wall yeah that was hot I really like that because that's mm-hmm. that's like I feel like a lot of women's fantasy, but like maybe that's just me. Yeah, to to like get thrown around yeah. a little bit, like to be ravished. Yeah, and it, he's like he's ravishing her, like putting her on the desk, and he's being like, "Oh no, this is not the correct angle for this," and then moving her into the armor, and then they're breaking all the furniture, yeah. and they finally end up on the on the 
floor and they're causing forest fires outside and he's having to throw up shields with his shadow power and stuff because you can't control it imagine being like Rhiannon in the next room being like what the fuck is happening not only can you probably hear them having sex and breaking furniture but then as she's having her fucking orgasm then the fucking lightning goes off outside that's a little uh, Mm -hmm. intense I mean, maybe she just had lightning power so that we could have that, like, electrical charge metaphor for orgasms. I guess. I don't know. I don't think I don't think that that's the reason, but I think it's useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Jill highlighted this very specifically where I wrote, once they've climaxed an acceptable amount of times. <laughs> that <was> funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the climax part. Because he seems to want to make... He wants to keep count, apparently. Uh, good for them. Uh, Violet asks Zayden about the scars on his back again. And so we get a little bit of backstory here. It is heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, so we learn he has 107 of these scars, and it's which is the same count as the number of rebellion kids. And he admits that he made this deal uh, at the end of the rebellion to take responsibility for the loyalty of each and every one of those children. Um, And in doing so, that is why they're all being forced into the writer's quadrant instead of them getting executed alongside of their parents, which, mind you, there was a pregnant woman as part of this group. There was a pregnant woman as part of this group that they wanted to execute. I mean, Uh, yeah. And literal small Mm -hmm. children. He was 16, 17 at this point. Yeah, he was he was older. He was a teenager. He's he's the oldest one and he was 16 or 17. So there are literal children at this point that they're looking to execute alongside of their parents because of what reason exactly? Like, what war do they execute the leader's children as well? Like, this is insane. Um, This is. Uh, yucky. This feels yucky. And so essentially he has made this deal that if any of these kids tries to reintroduce the rebellion ideals or isn't loyal to the king of Navarre, he will die. I have no comment. Which is you have no comment yet. So Violet clearly feels terrible about this. I I have a guess here that it is her mom who made this deal with him and hence why everyone has been telling her to stay away from him and to protect their own. It's to protect their own asses so that they don't, she doesn't find out that they are the ones who put him into this position. That makes sense to me, but I feel like there may be a little bit more to it as well. Like more involved in it. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so he says he'll stay with her that night. He doesn't initially want to because he's wor- he's worried about her reputation because it's not great that she's sleeping with her wing leader. Um, it's not like against the rules, but it's not great. I'm sorry. Did we forget the fucking lightning bolt as they came? I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody <laughs> already knows. I'm pretty sure everyone yeah. already knows. Uh, but so, so he stays with her, but he does leave before she wakes up. And But he leaves her a little jar of violets to see when she wakes up. And he piles up all the broken furniture for her. Well, that was, I like, I was like, that's unnecessary. But the violets were sweet. 
The violets was sweet. The, the, I think cleaning up the broken furniture was kind as well. You know, she doesn't. She's not going to get a splinter now. It was kind, but to me, it could have um, just disappeared into the ether and never been addressed again. Like it wasn't an important thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but and we get more story about that because then there's this whole scene where like he brings Garrick and Bodie in to help clear out all the crap. Like, true. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so she's getting ready to leave, and there's a knock on the door, and she thinks it's Liam. Not Liam. It's Carr, the wielding professor. He's like, "Cool, you have your your signet power now. Guess what? You're not going anywhere near the archives for a hot minute until you learn to control this, because lightning makes fire, and with paper of books equals bad. Equals bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So he. So they. Carr takes her and Taryn, and they kind of fly away to this like rocky mountaintop. For her to practice at because he's like you're least likely to fuck some shit up over here and she's having trouble like figuring out how to do this and he's like well how have you done it in the past and she's like it's always been an emotional response because she had the first flash when she was making out with Zayden when uh, there was horny dragons about the second time was with murder be angry beyond belief at Barlow for trying to kill Liam and then the third time is having sex with Zayden so emotional response is definitely the political correct answer Mm -hmm. there Uh, and so Carr I think has a really interesting piece of conversation here where he talks to Violet about how she and Zayden being bonded to to paired to made dragons and then they're powers together could become an unstoppable duo and she needs to make people know where her loyalties lie aka she's not going to potentially switch sides to the to what if if should zayden ever defect she's not going to go with him yeah this feels important for this book but probably also for the future as well yeah, I have a feeling that at some point there's going to be a way for Zayden and Violet to, like, combine their powers so that it's shadow and lightning at the same time, and it's going to be super destructive. I concur. I definitely think they'll team up. They're going to have some hurdles, though. Oh, yeah. I don't think that that's going to, like, be effective in like book two or anything like that. I think it's going to take a while to get to that point, but it's going to be something that they're going to have to work towards. So Carr gets her to start wielding her power and she does. Um, and she goes into her grounding space, which remember is the archives. And this is also how she can access like the mind speak. And she asks Zayden for some help and so he starts replaying this highlight reel from the night before of the two of them from his perspective. And it works. She's able to wield her power. I don't. Did she ask for help or was she just like explaining what was yeah. going on? No, she asked. She's like, how do I do this? And he's like, here's here's some here's some motivation, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So she is able to practice and she can do it a few t- few times, but her aim is terrible. She cannot hit what she means, means to hit for shit, which is going to be a problem. I have to 
You got to learn how to aim if you have lightning yeah, power. She's going to have to figure that out. Ugh. So sh- this is when we get her coming back from training and uh, and she's trying to start cleaning up. And then Zayden comes in uh, and uh, he's like, oh, I didn't remember making this big of a mess. I thought I minimized this in my mind during the day. And I'm like, no, y'all made a big ass mess. And then he tells her like, oh yeah, you started like two forest fires last night that like it took a couple of water yielders, wielders to like put out. It's bad. Um, so she's also unpacking for the first time, I guess, from when she was at the outpost and she pulls the folklore book out of her pack because Mira had put it in there while they were at the outpost. And she finds this note from her father in there. Um, and all it essentially alludes to how all of these stories are talking about too much, how having too much power and how it can corrupt people and I wrote the question of like, I wonder who this is referring to. And I have a theory at the end of this uh, of who it might it might be referring to. OK. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not going to go. Not going to go for anything. So they they Zayden and Violent now just play the sexual tense and dance. And she kind of admits she's like, yeah, last night I said it was just sex. I don't I don't think I can do that again. I think. If we're going to sleep together, I'm going to have feels for you. And she can't do it with no emotional attachment. And so they uh, play the pretend game, a.k.a. foreplay. So they're going to pretend that they're not going to do this sexual act to the other one or this sexual act. And I'm like, you are acting like children. Yeah, but like Uh, also at the same time, the fact that she even said it and kind of stuck to her guns, at least for a little bit. I thought that was good Mm -hmm. because... I don't feel like that happens enough nowadays. No. So. It's like, oh, I'm going to think this thing I'm set in my head and I want this man to just magically figure it out without using my exactly. words. And I so appreciate that Violet was just straight up with him. She's like, yeah, uh, I like you. And I can if I continue to have a physical relationship with you, I'm going to fall in love with you. He was very, very insistent that she didn't as well. Yes, he was like, you can't fall in love with me. I think he has a lot of really good reasons to feel that way. Uh, I think he's just denying himself something he wants. Yeah. But oh, what do yeah, I know? He does. Uh, um, so. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's uh, if he has not already fallen in love with her at this point, he he's well on oh, his he way. Did. He definitely did. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, the like, recently after that, uh, at lunch, we learned that the king is coming for reunification day, which is like the celebration of when the rebellion ended. And there's like a bunch of dress uniforms. So they're all going to have to go get their dress uniforms. Violet and Zayden are mind speaking to each other and sort of trying to trip the other one up. So one says something very explicit to the other. And yeah. It's just, it's just foreplay at this point. Um, so reunification day and some other dates around there are not great. So it's the anniversary of Brennan's death. Uh, and Violet wants a distraction. So she is in battle brief and she just mind speaks to Zayden. Like, I, I need you to like have sex with me like right now. And he's like in front of all these people. And she's like, honestly, I don't think you'd be off 
Like, I don't think that that would be a deal breaker for you. And he keeps insisting that there's no future with them, which I find annoying. But I think that there's an underlying reason. Like, he knows that eventually at least one rebellion kid is going to break rank and he's going to die or the leadership's going to deem that he's too powerful and kill him. And he's it's not that he doesn't want to have a future with Violet. It's just that he thinks that it's going to be taken from them. Yeah. And he's trying to protect her from that. I don't know if he's trying to protect her. Probably more himself. Or himself. Yeah. But he's... I mean, she she yeah, is and like within that. But I feel like it's a more of a self-preservation thing. Yeah. And to be fair, he has had to do that. Exactly. For, for a long time at this point. He has had to, to do a lot of self-preservation for sure. And we learned that graduation is 10 days away and that's a big looming deadline for the two of them because he's going to graduate. She's still got two more years and they're like, they're going to see each other, but they don't really have like a schedule figured out. It's like co-parenting a dog at this point. Like, <laughs> how is this going to work? Gave me like initially when I was reading it in the way she was like, oh, and I'm going to leave and he's, or he's leaving and I'm staying and how are we going to make it work? Like very early like deployment or boot camp days when you're like a mill spouse or significant other or whatever. And like, that's all you think about. But then he shows up three days later. So it's like, this isn't really, this is not the same thing. They're describing it initially the same thing, but this is not the same thing. <laughs> not the same thing. Not even a little bit. Uh, so then the big fancy reunification party happens and uh, Violet is with Liam and a couple other people and then gets stopped by the king. And the king uh, is interesting. Out of touch. You said something. You, not great. Yeah, you wrote dumber than a box of rocks, but I, I'm not entirely sure why I'll tell you my impression of him insanely arrogant because also yeah. it's really cool whoops um, <laughs> it's also insanely cruel in my opinion to because he said he specifically requested the rebellion kids be there yeah and Liam's the only exactly. one there everyone else is like am I exactly so not only that but Honestly, how do you expect young adults and teenagers and children to celebrate the day that their parents were executed in front of them? Right? Like, where's the empathy? Where is mm -hmm. the where's the understanding that there is two sides to the story, whether or not you think the other side is correct or not? Um but he seems excited to have a Sorengale to watch and report on Zayden. That's the big thing that I got out of him is like, oh, yeah, you guys are bonded to me to dragon. So I will always have a Sorengale with this Zayden kid. I've got, like, I've got a theory that kind of goes with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, just, it's not a spoiler thing. It's just kind of like an overarching thing. I feel like there had to have been something within the time frame where the wheels got set in motion, I'm guessing about the time her dad died or six months ago when her mom said, you got to go to the writer's quadrant. Something tipped people off that let them know Vi Violet has some kind of underlying power or 
ability because her siblings have, they were arguably like very well known for their gifts. They Mm -hmm. were talented. They were powerful. So odds are Violet probably was too, but I feel like there's a very, there's gotta be a specific reason that she was changed from scribes to writer's quadrant. And I just feel like somebody had to notice something because why did, why else did, did Taryn call her silver one? Like, I feel like it's, the yeah, it's one? more than just the hair. Like it, it, it's just, there's something in the background and there's well, more he to calls, it. Yeah, I agree with you because Taryn calls Violet silver one, but he calls Ardonna gold one. So there's something about those two being together as well. Silver and gold together definitely feels like it's meaningful. I didn't even think about that. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Uh, So then Violet, so Dean comes up and kind of says hi. He touches her face and then he goes to say hi to his dad and the king because, you know, got a hobnob and rub elbows with all the important people at the meeting right so violet and liam irish exit out of the shit and then she goes looking for zayden and yeah she's like where is he because this is a shit day for him too so we find out that zayden is hanging out on the parapet he's just like brooding out in the middle sitting on the skinny little stone bridge and she goes to cross it to get to him. And she's wear- she chose poorly when it came to her dress uniform. She chose like a top and a skirt that has a big old slit in it. And so it's windy on the parapet and it's not helping her. But she can she notices as she's crossing the parapet how much stronger she has gotten and how much easier it is for her to do this than it was a year ago. I think it shows just how far she's come in a year. Even though if I'm being mm-hmm. 100% honest, I thought this chapter was so boring. I could have <laughs> I could have skipped yeah, right over it. It's a very, there's literally four bullet points for this chapter. So we're going to breeze mm-hmm. through it. Um, so out on the parapet, Violet just emotion dumps on him. She t- says she wants to be with him and that she's realized that she's in love with him and she convinces him to come back across the parapet and they get back and she just walks him to his room and we get another spicy scene, spicy, spicy scene. Um, and then she, like she tells him she loves him and he doesn't say it back. I think it's very clear that he feels that way, but he's holding something back. You can tell at this point, he's definitely holding something very specifically back. Sorry. Yeah. And so there. <laughs> my no. husband poked my head, hit his head in, so I was waiting for it to be quiet. Um, You're good. Uh, so, yeah, she she he's I think he says, like, I'm giving you everything I have to give. I've given you everything I have to get. Yeah. So he's he's still hiding mm-hmm. something. Um, and they're literally about to try for. Oh, number three for her. And Garrick knocks on the door and says that they are under attack. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and then it's false alarm. Uh, it's just more war games. Hooray. I don't like the war games. I feel like they're nonsense. Uh, but what do I know? Why so, keep having them? Rhiannon, obviously. I'm sorry. Why keep having 
Yeah, by keep having them, if you're just killing off more and more writers, if you need them on these battles, like this seems very counterproductive. Yeah, I think you make them maybe non-lethal war games. Like, don't actually kill mm-hmm. people unless they're like Barlow. Who deserved it? <laughs> Who deserves it? Um, so Rhiannon kind of admits that she officially knows that like Violet and Zayden are a thing. And I'm like, sweetheart, you knew a month ago when she caught multiple trees on fire. Yep. So thanks for just admitting what you already knew. Um, so we learned that Zayden as the wing leader is getting sent to, I don't know how to pronounce this. Athabine. 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 Let's go with Athabine. Uh, we're going to get okay, made Okay, so they're going to... He's going to send... Pronunciation guide next time, Rebecca. This is Please. all I ask of you. Um, and he's going to have to set up an HQ because they're sort of in, like, pretend war. Like, they're pretending like something is actually attacking Never, and his job as a wing leader would be to go set up a headquarters somewhere. So the important thing is this particular place is outside of the wards. So they're all running up to the flight field and Dane comes up and he's like, I'm going to take my squad to this outpost. It's going to be fine. We're going to do our drills. But then Zayden comes and he pulls Violet, Imogen and Liam into his HQ unit because he can pull whoever he wants. And Dane freaks the fuck out. And Violet's like, because they're supposed to be gone for five days. So Violet's like, I, I have to go because Taryn and Segale can only be separated for three exactly. days. So like, it doesn't matter. I have to go. And Dane finally figures out that there's something between Violet and Zayden, which like, dude, are you blind? Yes. Yeah. How did you not know? Uh, How did you not know? But he says goodbye in a really interesting way he says i will miss you or i'll miss you violet those are his parting words to her which seems very final so reading this up to this point in the book i was like that's an odd thing to say yeah but i kind of took it as his which i'm sure is exactly what she wanted readers to do I took it as his way of like all right I'm backing out I'm not doing this anymore I I took it as him like ending their friendship almost and Mm -hmm. but then you know later we find some other things out then then we learn more um but yeah I definitely flagged this as like a weird sign off um she Violet has this like very like ominous feeling that this choice that she's making right now about this particular war game is going to be life altering. And she's not wrong. Not wrong. She is not wrong. Um, so then they fly out and they stop uh, a little bit before they get to the city or like the little outpost that they're supposed to be going to, to let the, the dragons get a drink of water from this lake. And Liam and Violet have a chat. And I just really love their friendship—it yeah. was so sweet and so, oh, just the kind of friendship you want to have with somebody. Yeah. And then Zayden comes up and he wants her to rest a little bit because they, you know they need like 20, 30 minutes for the dragons to do what they need to do. 
And uh, he wants her to rest up because, you know, her powers take her a lot mm. out of her. It's, it's a lot for her to wield this power. And they go behind this boulder and he starts massaging her legs because they've been writing for a really long time. And they're having this like sweet little moment. And then a bunch of Griffin writers show up and they all know Zayden. What did you think at that moment? I... Well, I mean, at that exact moment, I was a little confused. But then a little bit into the next chapter, I was pissed for her, first of all. Because yeah. I'd be at, like, I'm sure she felt so completely betrayed by everyone. And she would just had this mm-hmm. insanely heartfelt conversation with Liam And if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember if this Mm -hmm. is the conversation or if she had said it earlier, but she was like, oh, no, never mind. That's later. I'm going to stop what I'm just. Yeah, I'm going to stop what I was about to say. But she feels super duper betrayed and says to Liam, like, I thought we were friends. Or yeah, were we actually friends? Yeah, she's starting to question literally everything at this point. So we, when the Griffin writers land, there's some snarky comments that happen, but essentially they just, what? I forgot to say I was right. I was right. You, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Take a chill pill. I was right. No, we're, we're at the top of chapter 35 where it's just like the Griffin okay, writers. Okay, well, that's when I realized it. I was right. Because I I highlighted it in my Kindle. (laughs) So the Griffin writers are there and they're there to warn them that the Vedin are attacking soon. So huge reveal. Vedin are real. Jill, do you want to say it? Well, I was right on a couple things here. I was right on a few things. I was right that the kids knew something that they... Agreed. Yeah. Um, I was pretty sure Venon and Wyvern were real. But also, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if we said this on the podcast or if this was just in a discussion between you and myself, Melissa. But I absolutely said that Violet's going to figure out that the War College and all the leadership there, they're all the bad ones. And Zayden and all the rebellion kids are on the good side. Now, granted, we're very yeah. early into that. However, mm-hmm. at the moment, I am correct and I love it. You are correct. So um, the the writers kind of try to threaten Violet a little bit and Zayden is not having it. And neither is Taryn and neither is Violet. Like, nope, you don't get to fuck with her. No. Um, Violet realizes that, uh, like, Zayden and the other rebellion kids and a bunch of other people have all been helping the other side because the other side is fighting against the Venet. And she feels really betrayed. I I understand this, but I'm going to have a hot take at the end of all of this that you're probably not going to like. And she thinks everything has been one big lie. And Taryn even already knew everything because... We're going to find out more information later, but he also already knew all of this stuff, but he's not interjecting. And he says that he, that Zayden essentially wanted to, to be the one to tell her. I hate um, being the last one to know. 
I really hate that. S- uh, same. So same. I, mean, I I hate it. I, like I get it. She has a right to be angry, but at the same time, like Zayden was trying to protect more than just her, and I understand. But I think when you have a betrayal on that level, it's very difficult to let it go. And Violet seems kind of the person mm-hmm. that doesn't let things go. Yeah, I have. You're not going to like my theory at the end of this. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll get, get there. we'll get there. Um, so she does accept the truth pretty quickly because she pieces it all together with what her dad has in the folklore book and the note that he left. But she still feels really hurt and betrayed. And I think that's the thing that like helps Violet a little bit be able to come to terms with what's what's really going on so quickly is because she does have that connection to her father and that note that he mm-hmm. left. Um, and she's trying to say that she lost her feelings for Zayden, but like we know that's total bullshit instantaneously. Um, and then they get to the outpost, but there's no one there. It is a freaking ghost town. And it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap because the real betrayal here, in my humble opinion, is fucking douche canoe Dane. Uh, Definitely. I didn't say that Dane wasn't worse. I'm just saying she felt it more because it was Zayden and she's in love with him. But Dane, 100%. Way worse offense, in my opinion. You are right. Dane is the... Dane is 100% worse here. So we find out that these like very sweet gestures that have happened on occasion between Dane and Violet have not just been him being a nice friend to her and touching her face. It has been him sneaking into her mind and stealing her memories. This is really fucked up. On a lot of levels. She had no idea any... She's no idea that any of this was happening. And she, Zayden very quickly figures out that she has unintentionally betrayed him. But that this is how Dane's father found out because Dane's father is the one who set up the trap and how he knew that Zayden and some of the other rebel kids were going to this particular outpost because they were supplying them with weapons to be able to fight the Venom. And the thing I will say is that Zayden does not blame her. He is not even a little bit angry with her about something that was clearly not her fault. She did not know that this was happening. She did not intentionally do this. I mean, I I agree that it, like in no way was she to blame at all. Like, and I hate the way that they described it that she had betrayed him. Not you, but I think they said I think they said that in the book that she. When they say, and in I'm the like, book. that's not. I don't feel like that's the correct. That's not the accurate word for it in my. No. What what am I looking for? Your humble opinion. What's the word? She didn't, she didn't betray him. She got manipulated. Absolutely. She was manipulated. And I, I wrote this on the, on the outline. I said that it, it completely slipped right by me what he was doing. 100%. And I noticed him touching her weirdly, but I was like, it to me, it was this hot, cold thing that he was trying to decide how he felt mm-hmm. about her and how he felt about like her having to be around Zayden for the rest of her life and stuff like that. I didn't, it didn't occur to me what he was doing, but it also makes me look back 
on some of the other interactions, like when he kissed her, was that a mm-hmm. genuine kiss mm-hmm. or was that you fishing for memories? That's what I, so it's very yeah. much like now I'm questioning absolutely every interaction they've had now. Same. I didn't pick up this was what he was doing. I did also notice it. I think it's interesting that his power is described to have no feeling associated with. Like, she doesn't describe any kind of feeling happening. She doesn't sense anything when he's touching her. And I think that makes his power that much scarier. How is he not a security risk? Fuck if I know. He should be now. I think it's because he's his daddy's in power. Like, his dad's in charge. Maybe. He's getting special treatment. Maybe. Well, yeah, because, no. He, yeah, he's, he, he's a, he's a he's Nepo baby. He's absolutely a Nepo baby. He absolutely knew what was going to happen. That's why he said goodbye to her the way that he did. So, it's... Yep. <sighs> I just mm-hmm. don't buy that he's, like, innocent. He's very much in it. And... And yeah. the only reason he's not dead is because the leadership is using him to find shit out. A hundred percent. I don't know if he's complicit in every single thing that the leadership's doing. I don't think he sees the forest for the trees of what is actually oh, yeah. going on. I think he's completely blinded by the fact that like, oh, these are rebellion kids and he was doing something he shouldn't have. And he was and arming our enemies. That Like he doesn't know that like... Dragon Griffin doesn't fucking matter. There's a way bigger problem here, and it's called Venom and their exactly. wyverns. So, Dane's dad set all of this up. We already said that. Um, and there's there's right by where this outpost is. There is a tr- a really important trade city, and they thanks to Liam's like far sight abilities, they can see that there's for Venon coming into the city and they're going to wreck it and they're looking for something. And they know they have two options. They can defend the city and the civilians or they can fly away. And essentially Zayden's going to die well, at that point. Well, are they supposed to meet back and up with the rest of the Iron, not Iron Wing, but whatever? Yeah, the fourth wing. They're supposed to go set up a, a, an HQ somewhere else. And this is like pretty much certain death mm-hmm. either way for these people. So they make the choice to engage with the Venon and protect the civilians. And the the leader of the the flyers, aka the Griffin Riders, she tells them like, "Hey, we can barely handle two. There's four, and that one over there that's like a that's a super boss version of them. It's a sage." This is bad. This is really, really mm-hmm. bad. You're probably going to die. And so every single one of those people jumps into this scenario knowing that they're probably going to die. But we learned something about the rebellion marks. And I'm so proud of myself that I have paid attention to these things from chapter one. Chapter one is that the rebellion marks were given to these kids by a dragon. It's essentially like a dragon mark, but a little bit different. And it also means that if there's more than three of them together, it nullifies Melgren's ability to predict the outcome of a battle or of of a situation. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Because, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have an unhinged theory here. Okay, I so when they talk a little bit about the execution of the rebel leaders, they say that it was. 
carried out by a dragon. So that leaves only a handful of dragons to do it. It's going to be one of the generals. Right now, it looks most likely it would have been Melgren's or Violet's mom's dragon to do this. Okay. I don't, Melgren's not going to unintentionally inhibit his own power. So his dragon's not going to do this. I think, and you're not going to like this. I think it was Violet's mom's dragon that carried out the executions and then therefore also did the rebellion marks on the children and instilled this ability into them. Like the dragon instilled this ability into it to be able to eventually overcome Melgren. It's very possible. I, man. It could work. I have a couple of different theories that we, like, that we can talk about, like, in two-ish chapters. Yeah. And it could work. It would fit into the one, into what I've got. One of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I firmly believe that these rebellion marks were very intentionally created to do this specifically so that they could nullify Melgren's very clutch ability to be able to predict the outcome of a battle. It levels the playing field. So I just wrote at this point, oh shit, Wyverns. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Because <laughs> ocean wyverns. Um, so you can only kill the, the venom, it seems like, with these special rune daggers. Now, remember, remember, remember when he when Zayden gave Violet all those daggers that he had specially made for her because they fit better. Yeah. She she talked about them all having these runes on them. Right. So I'm pretty sure every single dagger that Violet has that are from Zayden are daggers that can kill Venon. I think he set her up because he's well, yeah. known this whole no, time. No, I know, but I thought they had... He yeah. set her up. Didn't they address that? Because they said it was made out of something. Like, specific. He didn't... But not until now. I swear I learned that long... Like, way before that. No, she talks about them being... Like Tyrish made, oh, okay. but he she doesn't talk about like them being specifically being able to to kill the venom. We also learned that lightning, conveniently enough, can kill a lot of do things. You think, um, before we move on, do you think the runes on it have anything to do with it? Do you think it's what it's made out of, or yes. the runes, or a combination? I think it's I think it's both. I think it's the material, the method in which they're being made, and the runes that are on okay. them. I think we're going to get more explanation of that. Obviously not in this book, but at some point down the line. Um, and so they're trying to get as many of these people out of this town as they can. It's really, really tough um, because these things are a bitch. The, the wyverns are terrible. The venom are terrible. Everything is insane. There's a huge fight. I will say this was one of the most confusing battles I've ever read in my entire life. It was. It was very hard to follow. It's hard. It's so hard to read battles in books, in my opinion. I have to see it. I have a difficult time visualizing stuff like that. I can't be the only one. See, I 
I'm sure. I'm sure. No, it, I think the true testament of a good fantasy writer is how clear and concise you can describe the battle and have people be able to have it laid out in a map. Because, like, if I think about spoiler alert for Akawar, that like the battle in the summer court, the first one when like the ships are there and things like that, I understood the sequence of events of that battle and I understood the layout of that battle. No problem. Gotcha. Even when the battles get bigger, I understood and could envision that in my mind without much issue. I had no clue where anything was, where anyone was, what anybody anybody was doing, the layout, nothing made sense. I was in lost in battle. both. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I just I guess it's I kind of have come to ex- accept that I'm not gonna follow it. So I'm just gonna get the key details mm-hmm. of what is happening because I can't visualize it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so we lose one character who I don't know if they had been named previously. They were an older rebellion kid, Sorgil. Sorgil. No, remember. Uh, they died, um, and then the very sad death of Liam. <sighs> Liam and his his dragon day. So. Violet is on Tarn and they're they're doing all these maneuvers and she's using her powers and they are going to get intercepted by a wyvern and there's not a lot that they were going to be able to do. But then Day flies in between them and the wyvern and the wyvern just like latches on to Day and will not let go no matter what anyone does. And so Day and the wyvern end up falling to their deaths. So Day is, Day is dead and Liam only has a couple of minutes left, so Violet gets him today, and then Zayden comes, and it's just sad. I had to work last night, and there are periods of time where I don't, I'm not doing anything in that moment. And um, I brought my Kindle, thinking I would knock out a chapter or two. And had to stop because I had I had paused literally right before this happened to Liam. And I immediately started back there and had to stop because I was about to cry in the middle of this yeah. dinner seminar. <laughs> and I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I had to I had to turn it off. I, I didn't want to have a, a sob oh. fest in the back of Fleming's. Yeah. So R.I.P. Liam, you are a good one. I loved Liam's character. I'm really yeah. sad that he died, but I appreciate that that Rebecca was willing to kill off a character that we all cared mm-hmm. about, um, because it makes the battles have tension and have stakes. Um, really sad though. Uh, but we did learn that he has a younger sister who is coming to the War College next year so we're gonna hopefully get to meet sloan in the second book uh that'll be that would be cool to see say, that'll be exciting i can't wait to see how that plays yeah out. if she go yeah so really if, if she, she goes. goes yeah if she goes um and so then uh violet and taryn go to avenge Liam's death uh, and then he gets hit in the side. Taryn gets hit in the side by a wyvern and it's just, I just wrote, holy mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> this is bad. 
Um, it was a Venon and, uh, she, Venon like jumps onto Taryn's back. So Violet has to get up from her seat and attack it. And it breaks her arm. It stabs her in the side with a, some kind of fucked up blade. It's either poisoned or got something on Mm -hmm. it. I'm guessing poison. She does end up killing it. Um, and when she does, it kills a bunch of the other wyverns. And so she finally deduces what Liam was trying to tell her with his final breaths, which was kill the venom and it kills a bunch of the wyverns. I figured that out before Liam said anything. I was like, I I think I, you can play it if you want to. I sent her a voice note on my way home. I was like, what the actual fuck? I cannot believe it took her this long, this long to figure out that's how that worked. I mean, come on. Hang hang on. Here here you go, folks. I'm almost done with chapter 37. And I am so annoyed with how long it took her to figure the fuck out that if you kill the venom, you kill the wyvern. Like, that was obvious. Absolutely obvious. Oh my god. I'm Uh, rants of Jill on her way home. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. That took an uncomfortable amount of time. Why didn't Zayden, why didn't anybody other than Liam figure this out and like start implementing it? But whatever plot point. Um, So Zayden is there. And so he puts up this big shield. He's trying to hold off the wyverns. But it's a, it's a lot. So it's pulling a lot of power from everyone. So she's she's trying to do, I don't know what the fuck, like super lightning. I don't know. She's pulling a ton of power out of Taryn. She even stops time a little bit to kill. She kills one of the last two remaining, Venon, and then Zanin kills the other one. So all of the... Uh, although the wyvern in the area die. Uh, you wrote her aim is still shit. Yes, it is. Violet has exactly one job, book two, and that is to work on her fucking yes, aim. please do. Please do. So she then, because she didn't strap herself back in, so she falls from Taren, and she's like close to burnout. She's got this stab wound. Um, She thinks that she's going to die, but at least everyone else is going to make it uh, from her sacrifice. I'm like, I'm going to be really mad if she's dead, dead, because I really didn't want to have another protagonist because I really dislike that. Um, But yeah. And then like Zayden's distraught. He screams her name. Wait, 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 wait. At this point. And don't don't move on. I don't think she burned out. No. You don't think she burned no. out? What do you think I mean, happened? I know, it was just a stab I know you said she, she definitely used a lot of power and she sucked a lot of energy and she was exhausted afterwards. But I don't think she burned out. Not after what the the venom said to her was like you you have the ability to control the sky or like pull all the power out of the sky. I think she just hasn't mm-hmm. figured out how to channel it all yet. So. 100%. It's there. So I don't think she's going to burn out. I think she just hasn't figured out how to do it correctly. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because of what her power is, I just don't mm-hmm. think that she can burn out because it's so big. I think she's the ability's there. She's just got to turn it on. Yeah, she hasn't exercised that muscle enough yet. She has not dove all the way to the bottom of that power and really pulled it all up. So I don't think we've seen the I don't think we've seen a tenth of what she's actually capable of doing. But she's also only at this point been like hardcore practicing with her signet for like a month or so. So like, what are we really expecting? Um, So Zayden lands, he gets up, you know, between stab wound with the poison, the like the heavy use of her power, the venom breaking her arm, like Violet is not in good shape. Um, and she can't feel anybody at this point. She's completely lost her grounding. Um, she can't hear she can't hear Taryn, she can't hear Donna, she can't hear Zayden, none of it. Um, so Zayden picks her up and he's gonna take her to him. Um, but everybody around her is like, oh, this is a big risk. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Zayden's like, nope, she is not dying on my watch. Because they know if they try to fly back to to the war college, she's not going to make it. She's going to die. Um, this is where, can, this is where I wrote, is it her brother? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Not actually dead. Question mark, question mark, question mark. We'll address that momentarily. Yeah. Um, so Violet just is thinking that Zayden doesn't actually care, even though he's like literally doing everything in his oh power to keep her alive. Just... So please stop being yeah, a dumb please girl. Get over it. Oh my god. Uh, so then we change perspective. We go to Zayden for our final chapter, and I enjoyed being in his head. I love a good dual <laughs> POV, so I hope this sticks around for for book two. Um we learned that it's been three days since Violet got hurt and she's still not awake. And he has been a hot mess, stressing out, hasn't left her room, just desperate for her to wake up. And he's feeling really guilty that she was in this position in first place because he pulled her into his ex, like his headquarters wing. And he feels really guilty about Liam dying as well because they were longtime friends. And then she wakes up and he is joked beyond belief but he's really worried um and she doesn't really remember much at first and he's like oh you know the poison had gotten to your brain so like you may not remember everything and then it all comes back yeah (laughs) doesn't last very long thank god because i hate the amnesia Mm. trope um so zayden has taken her to aretia and it's the capital of terrador which was supposed to be nothing more than a scorch mark uh, but it has partially been rebuilt. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Is it uh oh or is it like okay? There's a lot. This to me is like in Hunger Games, like in Catching Fire, when they reveal that District Thirteen actually exists. I. It's um to me. It's almost like it's very similar to Akatar with Valaris. It, mm-hmm. it's and I don't say uh oh because it's bad I'm saying like bad things are coming for it <laughs> yeah bad, bad things are nothing good yeah. is gonna happen it's probably gonna get burned yeah. down again uh, so she like initially is like just happy to see him but then she remembers everything and she's like okay yeah I need you to leave I need to take a shower so he gives her some space and he runs into Garrick and Bodhi in the hallway 
And they're glad she's awake, but they're really worried she's not going to keep the secret because here's the thing that he has been hiding from her this whole time. I don't think it it is obviously the venom, but it's that Tarendor is not a scorch mark. Like Aretia is not a scorch mark. Like there's he's willing at this point now to just tell her everything. That's very much the dialogue. And he's like, I'm willing to do anything to get her to trust me again. I'm going to tell her everything. I need her. I love her. She's. She's what I need in my life. So she takes a shower. She lets him back in and he tells her that he's in love with her. He's telling her he's willing to fight to earn her trust back. She seems like she is going to make him work for it, which he Mm -hmm. should. He should. Um, And he can still see the love in her eyes, which. Of course, she still fucking loves him. Like, it's been a day. (laughs) It's been four days, but still. And then there's a knock at the door. Like, they're talking. There's a knock at the door. And he's like, okay, well, this person's... I'm going to fight for you. And then there's another knock. And you're in, you're in. And she says, like, she she agrees that she's going to fight on the side. Because she recognizes that doesn't matter if you are riding a dragon or riding a griffin. The big problem here is the freaking vet in. And so the person... Somebody walks into a room and he's like... I knew a better poison master and it's her freaking brother. And he's like, welcome to the resistance, sis. Yeah, of course he knew a better poison master because her brother's a mender. He can literally do everything. I had, I didn't see that coming at all. Like not even a little bit. And I'm, you, you saw where I, yeah, I was really annoyed that I didn't see that coming. I kind of briefly thought it, early on in the books but then I dismissed it and I just didn't give it any credence at all and I feel like I should have but I have questions because the dagger did have the poison I think they described it as green but yeah and it turned her blood black so is it a poison did it What did it do? Like, what did it damage? Obviously something to do with her blood. I almost kind of thought, like, that's how she was going to turn into a venom, maybe, in the future. Mm. Because I don't know. I don't know how they're made. And I can't, like, I know they've mentioned it, but I I can't. I'll have to go back and look. It's very esoteric. Currently, it's like you suck too much power in a way that you're not supposed to, and then you turn into a venom. Like, how does that happen? So, I don't know. I mean, I could be way off, but also, like, it made, like, she slept a lot. Is that because she exerted so much energy or because her body was healing? Or, like, was that the effect of the mending from her brother? Like, there's just a lot of questions for me around the poison. Yeah, I agree. I would love to know more about the poison. I think the sleeping is because she did use so much of her energy with pulling the power. Um, and... And the mending, I think, is same. Like, she she had to rest it all out. So that is where Fourth Wing ends, is on one hell of a cliffhanger. No kidding. No kidding. So did, have you pre-ordered Iron Flame? I think I did. I, at okay. minimum... every time we, we do I, this... At so. minimum, I definitely looked at it today, because I distinctly remember doing it. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, I but I will. I will okay. here shortly because it's, you know what? 
I think I did because it said like it will automatically update in November, whatever date that is. Yeah, November seventh. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm excited for Iron Flame. I don't need it to leave me on a cliffhanger. I would have if we had a slightly better resolution to the end of this this book. If we had another chapter or two and we got a little bit of a, a better bow tied, I still would have wanted to read Iron Flame. But I'm excited to read to see where the story goes for I, sure. I am too. I was a little nervous in the beginning, and I think you can hear that. I am fully on board with this book. It's yeah. it's really good. And I I hope the trend continues. Like I hope the rest of the series is just as good. But yeah, I thought it was great and I can't wait to see where the story goes. Same. Do we want to go into future theories and predictions? Are you asking real me or are you asking podcast me? <laughs> podcast <Okay>. you. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah, of course I do. It is like 10, awesome. 15 at night. So I wasn't sure if I was trying, if you were trying to give me a hint or not. No. Uh, so you have here Violet's dad. I definitely think that there's series around Violet's dad. There's series. Fe- oh, theories. theories. I'm sorry. I don't know what I heard. What is your, what are your dad theories? Well, it's not that it's necessarily theories. These are like thoughts and comments and questions and all, all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Did they say how he died? Violet's dad. Uh, heart Heart condition. condition. Okay. I don't buy it. I definitely (laughs) buy poison, but the fact that Brennan came back from the dead, uh, that could also just be a story. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. I don't think he's actually alive. I don't think, I don't. But I mean. I don't go think. Ahead. I don't think Papa Sorengal is alive. I think he's 100% oh, yeah. dead. I don't think Brennan was ever dead. No, I don't think so. No, that, yeah. I don't think he was ever dead. I'm just saying, when I say like, come, came back to life. Like, Violet was told her whole, not her whole life. Violet was told that that but, Zayden's dad killed Brennan. I don't, and she read his mm-hmm. name on the death scroll. I don't know how much detail they give about it or how much detail she was told. But it, based off of that, you could also assume theoretically it's possible that she was lied to about the way her dad died as well. That was the connection I was trying to make. Yeah, hundred percent. So. I also like we can't trust anything at this point if a scribe is writing it I don't think I can trust it because we now know pretty definitively that the scribes are intentionally hiding Mm -hmm. the existence of wyverns and venom from the general populace they've removed it from history and they're actively not recording it so we cannot trust the scribe unit meaning that any report that they have given may or may not be mm-hmm. true. Exactly. Also, I think that Violet's dad was from Terrandor. I don't mm-hmm. really have a good reason for that. I just do. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that. They don't describe where he is from. And so he could be Tyrish ter- and 
he could be, he could potentially have already, like, I think the folklore book was probably like maybe his childhood and that's why he has Mm -hmm. it. And that's why it wasn't like under the classified section in the archives and why Violet is able to have this thing. And that, that, that could be a very easy connection to why everybody, like why he would know and why he would do this research and why he would end up becoming a target by the leadership because they know he knows too much. I also find it plausible that he could be aiding the rebellion and that could be why mm-hmm. he was poisoned. So, Yeah, he could have been aiding the rebellion and that could be something that gets him killed and eventually makes somebody force mom's hand and force Violet into the rebel or into the writer's quadrant. Yeah. So those are, those are my dad questions. Do we know his name? Okay. So we're going to go to mom. Okay. No, it's just Papa Sorengal right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Lilith, (laughs) AKA mom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've got two theories and I think one of them works with what you mentioned earlier, which mm-hmm. was remind me again or the listeners. I think, th- I think that mom's dragon is the one that performed the execution of all of the rebellion leaders and gave all of the rebellion kids, their relic, uh, rebellion relics, AKA eventually negating Melgren's predict the, the outcome of the battle of power. Do you think she and Zayden may have kind of worked together a little bit to make it work? No, I think she just, I think she distrusts Melgren a lot because remember there was the memo that she very much voted no on the rebellion kids having to watch their parents be executed. Cause she's like, no kid should have to right. do that. And I think that was the point of dissension for her. And so she I don't know if she distrusts everyone in leadership, but she definitely distrusts Melgren and his in his ability to make decisions. And so she it, it, it may not be her. It might have been her dragon who made the decision to put in this like mm-hmm. check and balance to his power. Um, but yeah, I think it all ties back into the mom a little okay. bit. So. I'm going to kind of weave mine in what I kind of think into that as well, because I think it fits. So I think that Melgren and Dane's dad and then a scribe, I don't know who, someone important, they obviously know that the wyvern and venom are real. And for whatever reason, they're keeping it secret, which I don't quite understand why just yet. They kill Violet's dad because he either knew too much or was helping or whatever. And I think he wrote that note to Violet because he didn't know if he could trust Lilith. So I think, and Mm -hmm. he knew that Violet like deeply cared about books and history and learning things. And I think he knew that she would take care of it. So, um, They also killed Taryn's previous writer, whose name I cannot remember or pronounce. Um, Nailed. Which helped also cover up the fact that, like, Brennan isn't actually dead. They now have an excuse. Mm -hmm. 
which makes me think that Taryn must not have been there when he died. Well, so Taryn talks about Nalen dying because he's Nalen dies from burnout. He, he tries to pull too much power and he dies because he was, the story is that he was trying to resurrect Brennan. My theory is that he and Brennan got into an altercation with the Venom and he tried to siphon power off of the Venom, not realizing that the Venom have very volatile power and that they're not pulling it from a very strong source. And then he burned out from that. So and Taryn talks about okay. that at the end of the book about the death okay. of Nalen. So I forgot about that. So scratch the part about them like covering that up or whatever. But I don't think it's like obviously it's not being portrayed by them exactly how that all went down because Brennan's not dead. So I don't think the mom knew about all that. But I Mm -mm. think now she's probably starting to piece it together. Because of all those weird little, like, pieces of intel that she's getting and um, the dagger on her desk. Also. Mm -hmm. However, on the flip side of that, she could be in on it. Which could also be an explanation as to why she has all those things. Now, I still can't quite figure out why they pushed or into the writer squadron, but I think we talked about that already. So uh, there's a couple, yeah. to me, there's a couple different ways that the story could go, but I don't know. And then the last thing about Violet's mom, unless you want to say something, sorry, I just moved on. No, I was going to say my only theory on Violet, other theory, other than like, it ties a little bit into the dad dying and her, them and mom trying to being forced to push her in is that, the mom figures out the scribes are not trustworthy and the scribes are actually the problem. I think the big, I think the, the evil quadrant of the four is scribe. I think they're fucking things up the most. That would make the most sense uh, to me. I don't think it's writers. Did you remember at the beginning of the book? So she actually said that people think writers hold all the power, but really it's the scribes. So that, that fits. Precisely. That absolutely fits. Precisely. So I think Lilith at minimum starts to suspect that the scribes are doing something nefarious, if not 100% knows. And she found out and that's why she forced her Violet into the writer's quadrant because she thought she would be safer there. Because if she makes it through writer, if she makes it through through war college, then she will be away from the scribes. I think so. I think that is it. That is a possibility of of what why it all happened. Is it mom doesn't trust the scribes anymore? So she's like, "You are not going to become a scribe. You're going to go to writers." I, I yeah, to, that just like fell all the pieces of the puzzle into place for me. If I had to bet, that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I hope I, I hope you're right. I, I I feel like that's a very strong possibility of why. Uh, go ahead on your last point on, on okay. mom. Mom is, mom's signet is like thunder and weather. She can control storms. Yes, she can control the weather systems, which kind of goes hand in hand with lightning. 
Mm-hmm. So I can't, I don't, I don't have a bunch of details, but it's either going to be like the dynamic duo because they kind of go together or it's going to be a big old epic battle. They'll be total adversaries. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think everyone's signet power matters. Uh, very specifically, I just don't entirely know. Like, she's just Storm from X-Men right now, so I don't really know. That is a fair comparison. All right. <laughs> so, other theories, comments, thoughts. Dane will probably have a redemption arc at some point. I don't like him. I don't, I don't like it. him. But I just, I don't know. I don't think he... Okay, I'm gonna... Okay. I have, I have to do this. I have to talk about Dane. This is my, like... One big critique of this book is just Dane as a character. Dane is incredibly one note and very flat. He is not interesting in any way, shape or form. We also don't see him have a single redeeming quality on page. I don't really care what happened prior to the book because I don't want you to tell me. I want you to show me. I want you to show me as an author why I should give a shit about this character. And I don't give it. A flying fuck about Dane as a character. So his betrayal wasn't surprising. It wasn't interesting. It was completely expected. It was like, of course he's fucking her over. This what he's done this entire fucking time. I do not have any desire for Dane to continue to exist. And if he just falls out and then we never talk about him as a character ever again, I would be 100% fine with that. I understand that, yeah, he's probably going to have like some kind of sacrifice where he, he jumps in front of... Violet and it's his redemption because he sacrifices his life for her or some bullshit like that. I get that that's probably going to happen or he's just going to become an antagonist and it's going to be this conflict for Violet because he was her best friend and now he's just her biggest enemy and da 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 da. I don't care. Make him go away. Kill him. I don't care. I don't don't dislike him quite that much. But I I mean, I get where you're coming from. I, I do. I... I was just so disappointed in, like, how stupid he is, honestly, because he clearly doesn't know what is actually going on. He is not important enough to know anything. However, he has been given nuggets of information and now thinks that he is so fucking important. And I just and he just played right into it. You know, it's like. He is a pawn in the game. He's not even like a rook or a knight or any good chess piece. He's a yeah. pawn. I mean, pawns can make some powerful moves, but he is being played right now. A hundred percent. And I don't, I don't, it, it would take a lot for me to want to care yeah. about him. Like he would have to like jump through fiery f- hoops. Yeah. For me to care. All right, my Perfect. last my Continue. last thought. My last thought, and then I will hand it over to you. What happens to Re and the rest of the Iron Group, whatever they're called? The Iron yeah. Squad. I think so. Do you want the the description for Iron Wing is out, and I oh, have, I have read it. it. Do tell. So yeah. do. You, do you want me to tell you? Okay, so Violet does go back to Basquiat. She does go back to the okay. War College. I'm guessing that Rhiannon and 
and, and the crew that was all with Dane all lived. And we know that a lot of the rebellion kids that were with Zayden also lived. I'm very curious. There's no talk about what the fallout is for Zayden other than they bring in a new commandant for the school and this person's trying to teach her that she has no power and that her only options are to portray the man she loves. So there's going to be a new antagonist for sure uh, that is going to be fighting to get Violet to divulge what she knows. And I'm excited for it. But yeah, you should go online and like actually read it. So I think they all go back. Um, It's going to be a grueling thing. Uh, Which is good. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think she has to go back because you can't have two missing swords all kids at this point. Like, because Brennan, but how else do you get Zayden back in other than they all come, like as many of them come back as possible. So they're all going to go have to go back because he can't stop. He's still responsible for the 106 other rebellion they kids. They all just the ki- were almost assassinated by their teachers. How do you go back? How do you go I, back from there? That doesn't... They, they don't have a... T- I don't think they have a choice. I think they're going to have to go back. Uh, uh, well. Yeah. Well, so far, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm sure I'll come up with some other shit at some point. But over to you, my yes. friend. Okay. So I uh, definitely think that Brennan and the other rebellion people used his death as a cover. Uh, Nalen, this is my big theory that Nalen attempted to siphon from the venom, and that's what actually led to his death. Um, the dad figured this all out somehow, and that's what got him killed. And then the mom figured out the scribe quadrant was bad, and that's why she forced Violet into the writers. Okay, you're gonna. Okay. This is like theory 1.5. I don't think that what Zayden did was that big of a betrayal. Because of course he did not tell her all of these things. This is like life or death stakes. This is his entire existence and everyone he's ever known. He's responsible for over 100 people's lives He's not going to just divulge information just because he thinks this person is pretty and he's starting to have a connection with her. I understand why he did not tell her things initially and he was slow to come clean. Do I think that potentially he could have told her before it came out the way it did? Sure. But we could say the same exact thing, spoilers for Akamath, with Reese and the mating bond with Feyre. Fair. And Favor forgives him in a chapter. So I I think that this is not going to end up being that big of a conflict. I think he's going to have to. They think it's going to be she's going to be like, OK, I'm willing to work towards this. But you're going to have to continue to be honest with me and you have to like not just be honest, you have to be forthcoming with information. Like, I shouldn't have to ask you very pointed, specific questions to get the correct details out of you. But I I don't think he's going to have... Like, he's going to have to work towards it, but I think they're going to get back to a good place pretty quickly. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that she will... I don't think she'll jump right back in and 
kind of start putting him through the paces, I think she'll, she'll stay back for a little while and then, and then she'll engage. And then I think they'll get there. I really do. But I think she's going to take a beat. So by the way, your theory, number one was what I was trying to say, but much more eloquently. (laughs) Good Lord. I just went, that was a roller coaster and a half of what I was trying to articulate. I'm so sorry for those of you who are trying to understand what I was saying. She did it way better. Okay, so that's my theory 1.5, is that Zayden and Violet are going to be fine. Num- theory I two, see it, and I, I'm not going to like it. The true villain. Oh, wait, no, two. Yes, two. Mira. No, three. I was, I was looking at three. Two, I find very intriguing. Two is Mira. So... I think so when we look at the folklore story, it talks about these three brothers. And I think the the sword and gold kids are all allegories for these three brothers. So one of them bonded with the dragon. That is Violet because she has two. Obvious. Uh, the one who bonded with the griffin is going to be Brennan. I think Brennan is probably a griffin writer now because his dragon is not talked about at all. So I don't know if his dragon is dead or what happened, but his dragon is just like I didn't think about that. Not mentioned. Yeah, and then Mira's going to be the the brother that tried to take too much power. And here's my evidence of it: she's still trusting, and she's very wary of Zayden, but she has been behind like beyond the ward multiple times. She has probably run into a venom and seen it with her own eyes at this point. Okay. There, there's very high probabilities. Like she's gotten that award about her valor of work of effort beyond the, the ward for that one battle. Okay. Uh, and when they're at Rhiannon's house during that conversation, when they're talking about these folklores, she's like, she talks about how she used to not understand why someone would do what a Venon does to get power. But now she does. I So she identifies with the Venon. God damn it. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a really good one. I wish I thought of it. That was very good. I think... I think Mira, it, I don't think it's going to happen in book two. I think it's like three or oh, four, yeah, maybe even five that Mira's going to turn. But Mira's going to turn and she's going to be a problem. I like that a lot. I don't like your next one. Mm-hmm. I haven't even read the whole thing and I don't like it, but go ahead. <laughs> so my final, I'm, your very hardcore mom is probably at least partially bad. I think that that is too simple. I know Rebecca wanted to make this like an approachable first time fantasy for people, like a very early, like this is my first fantasy I ever read kind Mm -hmm. of book, but I think it's too expected to make the mom who comes off this much of a see you next Tuesday as that in pocket evil. So I don't think the mom is 100% evil. I don't think she's 100% good. I don't think she's 100% evil. I think when we talk about Violet crossing the parapet, and there being a storm, I think the mom probably made the storm less bad. I think the storm was probably supposed to be worse. And she helped Violet get across. Because it would be in something that no one would suspect. No one would know. Because you can't really predict the weather. Or how bad it's actually going to be. No. So she would be able to have that level of control. What if the mom was the one that made the storm come in the first place? 
That is a valid point. I think it talks it talks about it seeming like a natural storm, not a contrived one, but that is a valid point. I just maybe okay, let's say you're right. Mom's not evil. She's oh mm-hmm. shit, mom. I'm not I am not saying that this woman is perfect. This woman has astronomically huge flaws, but I think I th- I think she made the storm less bad. We have the piece of information that she voted no on the rebellion kids having to watch their parents' execution, which I think is a very big telling sign of where she stands against Melgren. And I just think that she is she's doing it wrong. She's not being perfect, but I think she's trying which to do what she can to help Violet. Especially if you think about her pulling her from the scribe quadrant because she discovers that the scribes can't be trusted. That is a move to protect her own kid. Yes, but I don't I think she can do more. I really do. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that I think we're going to learn that the mom is not 100 percent either way. I think her mom is going to be. Somewhere in the middle where she's made mistakes and she's made wrong choices and then she's tried to atone from them the best that she can. I don't like it. But it's a good argument. I hope you're wrong. Let's just put it that way. You are so begrudgingly <laughs> accepting the fact that I brought yes. up good points. Oh my god, I'm so, so annoyed. They're, because you know what? I take that back. It's not that I'm annoyed. Like one... They're fucking brilliant, and I wish I'd thought of them myself. So, but, like, I, you know, that's why I enjoy talking to you about all this stuff, because you always see things differently than I do. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we agree on a lot, too. I We agree, but I think we bring different components to the table, because you did not think about some of the shit, like Mira being potentially a villain. Yeah. Not at all. Or, now, I think, sorry, I'm working this out in my brain as I'm talking. They could unite as siblings as well, but I think it would be more, Mm -hmm. like, if there's something to do with the trio, it's probably more likely your theory than them coming together. But it was a good one. I would prefer to have them, I want them to unite because siblings I don't know I, but would you be yeah. pissed if your brother like if you thought your brother died this awful horrific death and children were dying because of it uh, like would you be pissed if you found out he was alive uh I think it would just be really complicated. Like, I'd be relieved that he wasn't actually dead, but then I would feel anger and probably a huge mix of emotions that he chose something else over his family, over me. Do you know what I mean? Because this is, he's the oldest mm-hmm. brother. He's, it, it sounds, from what little she talks about her brother, it sounds like she had a pretty good relationship with him before he died. He quote died. Um, so I, I think that is kind of where I would go with it. And then just being kind of like a little bit mad that this is the choice that he made. And 
but like if he had good reasoning, I'm a very logical person. If there's a good reason, then I can usually talk myself out of feeling feeling something super negative. Have you ever seen in movies where something like really scary happens and it's like one person either playing a trick on somebody or they're in a dangerous situation and then they kind of get out of it and they're like, oh, I'm fine. It's great. And then the person that they scared the shit out of walks up to them and like punches them. They're like, don't ever fucking scare Mm -hmm. me like that again. That's me. (laughs) That's you. Yeah. So. Yeah. (laughs) yeah i i think your point is completely valid i think that i think leaving us where we got left was uh, clearly intentional but i think she wants us to think about how violet is going to react how are we as the reader going to react to whatever brennan's explanation is what theories are we going to come up with and what is the actual authorial intent here and i don't know if any of these things are going to come true to be completely frank we could be completely wrong it could be something completely different but i am i am really excited to see how the story unfolds i am too because there's like a thousand different ways it could go i also just literally had one pop into my head what if she's the bad guy what if violet's the bad guy Mm, violet's definitely very savior coded to me Mm. could be mad queen I mean, I'm not going to say absolutely not because we have 498 pages of content to go from with here. So there's there's nothing saying that it wouldn't be that. But I think I think it makes more sense for her and Zayden to be connected and their powers are going to combine like they're the mighty Morphin Power Rangers. (laughs) And especially... Especially because, okay, so this is this is like a little tiny little thing, but they talk about in in the last chapter, Zayden's like, and Adarna has grown so much and she's lost her power, meaning the time ability oh, to stop time. We talked about this too. So we don't really know if the time stopping ability was just because Adarna was a feather tail, or if that was a signet power or a gift that Adarna unintentionally gave to Violet. So Violet may permanently be able to stop time for very short periods of time, or she might lose that ability and then gain a signet power or some combination of the three, or her signet power becomes a more powerful version of time travel. I really vote no on time travel. I hate time travel in books. I don't, I don't know if a single time it's been done super, super well. So I really would prefer, and if you're doing an entry level fantasy novel, you don't do time travel. No. So I really hope it's not time travel. I don't have any idea what a Darna's power could be at that point. I would hope it would be like, I think if it was going to do something because Taryn 
the powers gave her a signet or her signet ability through Tarn is a weapon. I think it would be interesting if it was like kind of like a healing or a siphoning type power. Maybe it's siphoning and then she can extra boost her. See, but this you know, is where I think her, her lightning I power. Think we meant, like we understand things differently about it because I, the way I read it. And again, I could be way wrong here. Was that. Adarna did accidentally gift her the power, like gift her the power because she can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't really know if yeah. Violet can do it yet, but I think that that was what her signet power from Adarna was going to be. So now I feel like Adarna's, but the signet gifted it to her. The signet depends on the writer, not on the dragon. The signet depends on the writer and the time stopping ability comes from Adarna. That's Adarna's power. Okay. Not Violet's. Fair point. So then, but still, Adarna's power is gone. So she gifted it to her. So now she'll have lightning, ability to briefly stop time. I don't, I and don't know she'll get another one. I think she will because, but because she couldn't pull, like Adarna's not old enough to, for her to channel through Violet yet to be able to activate a signet in her. Okay. Maybe I'm just like misunderstanding how it all works. I don't think we totally understand okay. how it all works. And because we don't she's also the only person who has two dragons, so like this is all uncharted territory. True. True. We'll see. Man, there's like a bazillion ways it could go. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm super, super interested to see how it goes. Uh super interested. Uh oh. It was, it was a fun read. It was a fun romp through a fantasy book where lots of fun things happened. And it was an easy read. I could have easily read that. Like, if it was a weekend, if I had picked it up on, like, a Friday afternoon, I'd have been done Saturday afternoon at the latest. If not by Saturday yeah. morning. It took us this long. <laughs> yeah, it took us this long because we split it up so we could talk yeah. about it. And we still ended up recording for two and a half hours. It's two hours and 20 minutes. Um, and we vamped for solidly 10 minutes at the beginning of this. So some of this is going to go true. away. This is true. But. Oh, we should probably. Because I feel like we've hit everything. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about that? Oh, there's just one little thing. I'm going to leave this little kernel in your brain to have to this think is about. It's going to be a worm, not a kernel. Dane. <laughs> Dane was taking memories against Violet's will. Okay. Does Dane know about Darna and that she's a juvenile Probably. and that she had the ability to stop power? I would power? assume so. We don't know. We don't know. I think they do. We don't know. We, I mean, and we don't so know. I don't know. That we is don't a, know, but I'm fairly certain. It's a huge concern. Definitely a big concern. For sure. For sure. I didn't think, God, man, I didn't think about that. I do think, Mm -hmm. like, I really do think he does know, though. 
He's a big grass. I hope he doesn't. Oh, my God. I hope he doesn't. He needs to have. Yeah. She's going to have to learn to, like, block him out. I agree. Shield her mind. All right. Well. Well, that was a long (laughs) chat. Anything else you want to add? No. I I think Fourth Wing was good. I'm looking forward to Iron Flame. November 7th cannot be here soon enough. Well. Boop, boop. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this time around. And uh, again, I'm Melissa. I'm Jill. And thanks for geeking out with us today. Bye, guys. Bye.